0: Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Fredericksburg? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at slash Fredericksburg.
2: On this episode, we're going to talk taxes and babies. Given the tax filing deadline is coming up on April 15th, we're going to talk a little bit about taxes with Forbes.com contributor and author Nathan Lewis. And we're going to talk babies. We're also going to talk about the bill that is going through the texas house right now and also we're going to talk about the fly-in that we had uh, about a week well two weeks ago and we got a chance to speak with representative ron wright about babies and some other things so all this on this episode of trend chat
0: Highways of America. Here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture and this and that from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe.
2: I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe, and if you want to connect with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat. It's all the same name, at Trend Chat 24-7. And if you like this, I hope you love this, please like, share, subscribe. We are available on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, other popular podcast outlets. wherever you get your podcasts. I'm, hopefully, we will be on it. So, definitely, we appreciate everyone that has been listening and we appreciate you listening right now so first off before we get into anything especially given what we're going to be talking about for the most of this episode I want to give a big shout out to culture of life that they make fashion made for life and if you want to support an organization that is out there fighting for life, and like I said, given what we're going to be talking about for the, a good part of this episode, I want to give a shout out to them. And also, if you go to col1972.com, and if you go in there and see, and what well, like what you see, that's all about to say, and like what you see, enter in the code trend chat now that's the name of the podcast trend chat enter in the code trend chat and you can get 10 percent off on your purchase so yeah check them out cultural life dot 1972.com so so before we get to talking about taxes you know i don't want you, want you to just like cut off the podcast now because i I know maybe people are getting ready to file, and they're like, "Oh, I don't want to hear about taxes. I'm having to deal with taxes." Trust me, you're gonna to want to hear this. We're gonna talk about, you know, just trust. Well, trust me, you're gonna to want to hear our conversation about about taxes. It's not gonna be where you think, <laughs> what you think. So, before we uh, get into all that. Like I mentioned in the in the intro, that as of right now, we have a bill in the Texas House. We're well, in committee right now, and it's a HB eight nine six. <laughs> I had to say it like that because I I tend to got uh, tend to get the numbers mixed up when I say it real fast, <laughs> so I had to like slow down just say, just say it number by number, cause um. I guess you get into discussions about it and next thing you know, you've been on you know, set the wrong number and then someone like, that's not, the, that's not the bill. Anyway. Um So this bill is, like I said, currently in committee. Um, earlier this week, there were testimonies going all into the early morning and a good number of people that were supportive that were for the bill. And this bill Essentially abolishes uh, abortion in the state of Texas, which I am all for. I, I am, if if anything, if you want to say I am a one-issue voter, which I'm not, but if I was going to be one, it would be on abortion. It would be on abolishing abortion. All yeah. Every every little. I guess everything you can consider when it comes to abortion, like I want it all eradicated. When it comes to um, basically killing the unborn, basically. So now, given that it's in the committee right now, <clears throat> and it's kind of hit a bit of a snag, uh, a hurdle as far as uh, getting out of committee, and. Right now, we're in the stage of guessing looking to i guess making some co- compromises as far as to getting this bill out so as is written personally, I am for i'm hundred percent for what is in the bill as of you know right now, but i'm um, I'm pretty sure that some people have concerns on some of the language in the bill and which is um, making it to where I don't know maybe either either will concede to those compromises or just move forward with it and just try to go go with it as is and it looks like as it the bill as it is right now will probably not make it out of committee unfortunately and but i I do want to mention again the name of it is h the the number is hb 896 so and i would hope for it to at least get on the floor for a vote but we haven't even got there yet like i said we're still in committee and so we'll hopefully maybe get some um some news on it maybe get a chance to talk to, to some people about it in future episodes so i just wanted to wanted to get that out and for the people in texas especially if you want to look it up i said again it's 896 and if you want to look up the bill and if you want to contact your representative about it or, or at least the ones that are in committee um and especially um i know i have so well it the thing about it my state rep is the one who authored the bill so <laughs> um Tony Tenderhole so and like I said I, I'm in support of it I have made that known already to their office so let's get to talking about taxes yeah look I, yeah that's right I said I'm, we're going to talk about taxes get your hands off the device yeah it's not going to be what you think just listen Just just trust me on this You're going to enjoy it. But before we get to that, let's hear a word from our friends with The Founder Project. Hello,
1: Trend Chat fans. The Founding Project invites you to experience our latest resource to take civics to citizens, TFP's new website. Visit us at www.thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Join us today.
2: Look, I'm not looking forward to it either. So, But we got a chance to speak with Nathan Lewis, who is a contributor at Forbes.com and also an author of four books. So I wanted to make sure I I say this because apparently when I did it during the interview, it didn't come out right. So you're not going to hear me do the introduction during the interview. So yeah, so without further ado, this is Nathan Lewis with... Forbes.com also like I said he's the author of four books the book we're going to kind of focus on is called the magic formula so here we go
3: great great to be here today
2: one thing I saw I guess the I guess the name of the of your column on forbes.com is 21st century capitalism and right. I guess first first question I would want to ask is what is 21st Century capitalism, as opposed to I guess 20th, 20th century capitalism.
3: Excellent question, and that's exactly what uh, my my new book, The Magic Formula, is about. Well, if you look at the capitalism of the 19th century, what you had was very minimalist government, especially the United States. You know, federal government. There, there was no income taxes, very minimalist federal government, currencies based on gold, very reliable long term currencies, and it was in many ways enormously successful. United States got rich, the industrial revolution, everyone got rich really but they ran they as as societies got wealthier they they started to get involved in all this socialistic stuff, which was all new and untried in those days right and, and communism. Well, we spent the twentieth century ex- running all these experiments in communism and socialism, and you know the communist central planning of the Soviet union, and China was a giant disaster, and we abandoned that. And the ideas of the 19th century that you could redistribute income and, and it will have tax high incomes at very high rates—that really didn't work either. The the economic consequences of doing that, and, and it just wasn't. You know, there was never any income was never redistributed, right? It just disappeared. Uh, it just, yeah. So that didn't really work. What did work in the 20th century was uh, government services funded by below very broad simple taxes. Uh, sales taxes, which didn't really exist in the 19th century, the payroll tax, the VAT, uh, these very broad, broad taxes with low rates worked pretty well. Um, the other thing we discovered in the 20th century is that as government got bigger and bigger, the economic performance tended to go down, down, down. Right? right. These countries in Europe, for example, they could still maintain, you know, they, were, they weren't disasters, but they became very stagnant. You had, you had persistent youth unemployment of 30, 40 percent, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it didn't work very well. So the, the big successes in the 20th century were the low-tax societies, Uh you know, the Japan and Hong Kong and, and, and China. So my idea for 20th century, 21st century, is that we we take the, what we learn from those uh, two centuries. I, sh- I should mention there was one other big experiment in the 20th century, which was they got the idea that they were going to manage the economy by fooling around with the currency, right? Central banks and interest rates and devaluations and floating currencies and all the stuff that really didn't exist in the 19th century, at least not to the same extent. It did exist, but it was generally regarded as a bad idea. We've fooled around with that for a 100 years now, and what we discovered is, you know, you can't become wealthy by twiddling your currency, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's so simple. You get wealthy from investment and from business and all these kind of things. You don't just fool around the central bank and everyone gets wealthy, right? That's another thing we discovered in, in the 20th century, is the amount of, you know, hyperinflation and just currency disasters that we've had over 100 years, especially in the last 50 years, is just ridiculous and it, it doesn't help anybody. So um, the idea of the 21st century, for me, is to take what we've learned. We've, we're probably not going to go back to the very minimalist governments of the 19th century where there's, you know, there's no social spending, social services, but – if you look at countries like Singapore or Hong Kong, they have almost all of the the modern government services, but they the government's are you know half the size as the percentage of GDP as as is common in Europe or the United States. And they've for the most part they given up you know currency fiddling, and they've adopted basically some kind of stable currency policy. So the the magic formula which my new book is about called low taxes and stable money, just four words, and if you follow those. Follow that forward um, guideline, you're gonna have great success. And if you go, if you do things that are opposite of those that forward guideline, you're gonna suffer. That's the basic message.
2: So, from from what you said just now, it's pretty good bet that we're not gonna go back to a uh, minimalist as far as um, as far as taxes go. And right. I guess what I want to ask you is that you know there's plenty of theories as far as when it comes to taxes we have whether it's flat tax, fair fair tax, um aggressive tax, or no no taxes. Um right. I guess in your opinion you I mean what's the best rate, uh effective tax rate?
3: Um a lot of these, these things depend on people's personal preferences for how you know how big a change to the present status quo they're willing to tolerate. You know, a flat tax system as advocated by Steve Forbes for example is less of an aggressive change to the status quo than, than the fair tax system, um, which is a much more kind of comprehensive kind of thing. My, I think we should start off with a target. You know, what percent, what tax revenue percent of GDP is roughly where we wanna be? Well, if you look at the history of the last 100 years, the big, the really successful economies, the high-growth economies, the economies where, you know, unemployment's low naturally and people can have, their jobs are plentiful and incomes are rising, you usually see a, a tax revenue GDP ratio in, in the, in the teens. Could be low teens like Hong Kong, 13%. Could be a little higher like 17 or 18% like China. But it's, it's, and that's the total government, not just the central government. So in the United States we're at about, um, I don't know, 26% or so now. You I know, mean, about 10 points higher than that. In Europe they are another 10 points higher than that. So, you know, it's, I think we're gonna end up um, not just changing the tax system, but not changing the spending, but eventually changing it all. And and then when, then, when, then once you have that kind of goal of about let's say 17% of GDP size of government, I personally what I would do is just go for a, a, a one-rate VAT. You know, get rid of the income tax, get uh, get rid of sales taxes, uh, get you know get rid of the payroll tax, get rid of all of it. Just have a have a have a one tax system. Now you know. There's there's a lot of steps between where we are and into into that eventual goal, but but that would pre- probably be my preference. Uh, the, the fair tax proposal is um, is actually pretty close to that, so you know you, you want to do a fair tax, that that's fine with me.
1: Yeah. The
3: rate would probably yeah. be around the rate would probably be around uh twenty percent, I would say, okay. total, not just federal, but but state, local, and everything.
2: Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of like what you said. I I mean. To get to that point, that, that will be a lot of steps, and that will take a lot of episodes. <laughs> now, in a recent article, you you spoke about modern monetary theory. Now, for right. people that have no clue as far as what that what that means, first, I guess, inform us of what what that is, and also, basically, wrote against that. So, also, we'll uh, just elaborate on that as well.
3: Well, like I said, the magic formula is low, is low taxes and stable money. Uh, the, other, the other side of it is stable money. And I think that, you know, this is a warning to, future, to the present and the future generations that stuff like monetary theory is, you know, is bad news. So basically, modern, so-called modern monetary theory, it's, it's actually the oldest thing in the world. It's printing money to pay the government's bills. And before the before those paper before those printing press, they used to simply uh, issue coins with higher and higher denominations. So they yeah, they take a coin that used to be a, a one dollar whatever one drachma silver coin, and they just stamp it at ten drachmas. Right. Anyway, um, oh, this is the old this is the oldest thing in the world, right? And well, it's not really modern. No, there's nothing. The only only thing modern about it is 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 for one thing the people who promote it. They have no idea of history, so they think it's modern because they're just clueless. <laughs>
0: it's
3: literally, yeah, and the second thing is is that there's a lot of just of just kind of fancy justification right it's just it's just fancy blah blah to to justify using the printing press to pay the government's bills now now, I should say that there is some truth to it because when you have paper money and, and the cost of production is zero, essentially. You can, to some extent, to some extent, to some extent, finance the government from the creation of money. And in fact, this goes back to the Bank of England, 1694, which was created to uh, to make a 1.2 million pound loan to the to the government of England. And they made they made that loan by printing money. They issued paper money. So, so in in fact, you know, it, going back to 17th century, there's. To, to some extent, it has been possible to finance the government from the printing press. But the reason that it's been possible is, be, is because it has never been done to uh, – you know, the, the thing that determines how much the printing press, so to speak, uh, is used is the maintenance of, of the currency system in general. Right? It's, it's the demand for money in the economy. It's not to finance the government. right? It's, it's the, the motivation. You know, what, what determines the amount of money in the economy. So that's, that's, that's kind of the, you know, the, uh, the short description. So, so there is, so there is some truth to these, these claims of the monetary, modern monetary theory people. The thing is that we are, we're already doing it. We've been doing it for 200 years, 300 years, and we're already enjoying as much advantage from that as we can get. So there's no, <laughs> so we're not arguing about that because we've been doing it for 300 years, right? So, so what So what are these people arguing? Well, they're basically arguing, since we're already doing what they're saying, and have been for centuries, mm-hmm. what they're really arguing is that we should print more money because spending money is fun. Well, every country that does that, you know, descends into hyperinflation eventually. <laughs> um, and it's also, it's also been around forever. So I, I mentioned the Bank of England in 1694. Actually, the, the, one of the very first examples of government financing themselves with paper money creation was the colony of Massachusetts in 1690 so the Americans actually beat the British a little bit and as you can imagine the currency eventually ended up worthless so you know exactly where that goes (laughs) Um, there's all this stuff It's as old as the hills and it all comes out the same way every time
2: isn't it something like um, I guess one example I'm thinking of is like on Zimbabwe isn't it something, sure. didn't they do something
3: like similar to that? Uh, yeah, they did. <laughs> and yeah, in I'll fact, hyper, but, hyperinflation is oh, actually okay. very common. Um, Zimbabwe was a particularly uh, dramatic example where they actually got to the point where they were printing $100 trillion bills. Um, yeah. which, which is still there, but, it, but it's actually quite common. Um, they were Yugoslavia or or Kazakhstan or many other countries has have done the same thing in in, in fairly recent time. Actually, I actually I did a little survey according to the IMF I think I think I counted seventy six countries that have had hyperinflation since nineteen fifty. The, the actual count is probably a little higher than that because I think the IMF missed a few. But but it's extremely common. So these,
2: and, yeah. and yet with all these examples now we're looking to basically to repeat their mistakes.
3: Um. Yes. Essentially, that that's the gist of it. Like I said, there there is some there is some truth to the monetary the MMT you know, modern monetary theory claim. But like I said, we're already doing it. We've already been doing it for 300 years. So there's nothing for them. There's nothing for us to argue about about that, right? What they're really claiming, which they don't say, is that we should print more money. You know, we should not just we should print an excess, what amounts to an excess of money. And governments that do that, they just get into trouble. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I was actually, you know, I was actually, just to, like, make more fun of this modern these modern claims. I was actually reading uh, Faust by Johann Goethe. Uh, it was written in the beginning of the 19th century. And, uh, and if you know the story, it's about this guy who sold, sells his soul to the, to the devil to enjoy wealth and influence. And in the in, in the story, uh, Mephistopheles, the devil, actually convinces the uh, the king of the country to print money to pay his bills, and it works for a little while. <laughs> that was 200 years ago.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: okay. So if people want to get the magic formula and also want to see more of your work, where would they go?
3: Uh, the book is available at Amazon and and other places that sell books. Uh, My website is newworldeconomics.com, and I have my columns from Forbes there and and, and columns on a lot of economic topics. I also have three other books um, about monetary topics. They're available uh, at Amazon and uh, and more information is on my website. Um, But low practices, stable money. That's the secret. We might might if these NMT guys get a hold of policy. We might have all kinds of disasters. So I want people to remember that.
2: All right. And and, uh, anything on social media?
3: I have a Twitter account. Um, it is n l Nathan Lewis econ and policy. Although it's, it, I have to admit, it's not real active.
2: Okay. All right. Well, Nathan, thanks so much for your time.
3: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
2: Hello, this is Brian Bledsoe, host of Trend Chat, also contributor at politichicks.com. Here to tell you about the new book called Politichicks A Clearing Call to Political Activism, with over 300 pages from contributors like myself, talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at politichicks.com and is also available at Amazon and Barnes and Noble.
0: Hey guys, this is John Miller with Place TV. You are listening to Trend Chat with Brian Bledsoe.
2: Thanks to Nathan for joining us and I just want to say I don't know how that first segment sounded matter of fact we're going to have to play it back before we actually publish it because we just found out (laughs) we had a little bit of technical difficulty and I'm I would not be surprised if I sound a whole lot louder all of a sudden but anyway (laughs) before we get to our um interview with a uh, representative Ron Wright just uh, well one just kind of want to just give a little bit of background as far as when we um, had this interview so heritage action had what you call a fly-in a couple of weeks ago to go to different offices mainly Democrat offices to get signatures for a discharge petition for the born alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, and we went to a number of different uh, offices, and we um, got a chance to speak with a few other actual representatives. We, I think, I, I ran into maybe one or two other than uh, our interview with um, Representative Wright, but um, it was a uh, it was cordial to put it that way. <laughs> I can't say that we ran across anybody that was hostile towards us when, especially when we went to Democrat offices. So they at least gave us the, a hearing, which, you know, they could have been very, they could have been very much in their right to just say, go away. (laughs) But, but it didn't. So I can at least give them credit for that. But, um, so with that, we got a chance. I mean, I'm in DC, so I should at least go see my representative at least while I'm there, or at least get, or at least try to. And so we went to um, Congressman Wright's office, and he was there, and so we got a chance to to speak with him. So, so that's what the interview we're going to play in a couple of minutes. But before we get to that, just want to touch on a couple of things that are going on. Well, one thing. <laughs> I noticed... So, if you follow me on social media... So, just, you know, just Brian Bledsoe. Um, not just... Not on Trend Chat or anything. But, if you follow, like I guess, my personal... I guess you saw that I posted where I burned myself. <laughs> and, which... I, I wouldn't even have mentioned this... If that post wouldn't have gotten so many reactions... <laughs> uh, on Facebook and Instagram. I... I did not even think that was going to get anything. And like, I kept seeing everybody kept posting something and kept um, reacting to it. <laughs> I wasn't even going to post a picture of that. I just thought it was funny <laughs> mainly because I had, you know, I had that happen, but right before I caught my flight to DC and it was funny because I didn't even um, feel that pain like i felt the initial pain when it first when the iron hit my arm but after that once i got on the plane i went to dc i guess it was kind of like out of sight out of mind because um i you know i put on my suit and everything and so i i really wasn't even thinking twice about my arm which like i said once it hit (laughs) when the iron hit my arm yeah it hurt then but then then i had to hurry up and catch a, a uber to the airport so i can go to dc that morning And it didn't even cross my mind. It's funny because once I got back home, because the what I did, I flew into D.C. that morning and flew out the same day that night. And when I got back um, home to Texas and got um, got home and took my shirt off and saw the burn, it literally scared me because I've forgotten. I I have really forgotten that I even had a burn on my arm. (laughs) And um, anyway, now sometimes i get in the past week or so some people may ask oh what you know i had this big band bandage on my arm now like "Oh, what happened to your arm and at first i i just came out and said well i just i burned myself and then after so long a couple more people asked i just started saying yeah you know what yeah I, um i got in a fight with a wolf and i had to had to punch him in the face with my left hand and so he could you know run away and and so, yeah, he bit me on my arm. So, <laughs> or, yeah, so i make t- up some little story. And then when they like, oh, you know, most people don't believe it. They they already think I'm lying. But <laughs> I was just saying they just I've, now I'm just thinking of any story I can think of <laughs> when someone asks. Now, it's going to turn into something crazy soon later, because I'm going to have this on for probably a couple of weeks. Look like so. anyway um y'all don't want to hear about that Uh, now i did come across a story yeah i might not want to hear about this either though but um and i'll keep it quick i saw a story saying that uh kim kardashian is looking to become a lawyer and she's going to take the bar exam in 2022 um okay (laughs) i mean i I'm guessing the work that she did last year with Trump and getting, um, I think her name was Alice Johnson. Um, getting her pardon, uh, pardon of clemency. I forgot what it was now, but getting her out of prison, put it that way. And I guess from that has inspired her to go into the, I guess the law. I don't know. I guess criminal law or whatever. So, <laughs> Hey, you know, more power to her. She can pass the bar. All right. Go go for it. For what it's worth, I can say that she would be the most attractive lawyer out there. That that's that's one thing I know right now. How good she'll be as far as winning cases, I don't know. But she'll look good doing it, let's put it that way. So but um yeah so yeah i just wanted to get that out first before we um get to our interview so um first we're gonna play one more word from the founder project also before we get to that i definitely want to give a shout out to 1776 united.com make great patriotic gear hats mugs you name it and 76 militia Dash trend chat. Get your twenty percent off of uh, whatever shirt, mug, hat that you that you want. So yeah, 1776 United dot com. Check them out. Also, ODGApparel.com. Great Christian wear. I wear the hat, you know, stop being dead all the time. Also, the shirt as well. And they have much more than that with shirts and hats and mugs as well but what a great Christian message message and that's odgapparel.com. And if you go there, like what you see trend chat 10, get to 10% off. So I definitely, definitely want to bring them up because I appreciate them supporting trend chat. So gonna have a word with the founder project. And then we're going to have our interview with uh, Congressman Wright.
1: Hello to fans of Trend Chat and Brian Bledsoe. The Founding Project, an education nonprofit dedicated to civics, invites you to visit our brand new website. Visit us at thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today.
0: Politics other stuff, maybe. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe.
2: Hello, this is Trend Chat, and we are here in Washington, D.C., and we are very pleased to have Representative Ron Wright with us. Now, the last time we spoke was during the midterms, but now we can officially say Representative Ron Wright. So how are you doing?
4: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
2: So first off, the reason why we're even here is to get signatures for the discharge petition on the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Act, and not only we, you know, we know that you were a co-sponsor of the act, and we also have found out that you have signed on to the petition. So first off, you know, we are very grateful for that. But for the people that don't know, tell us, tell them about the about the act and why you signed on.
4: Well, you know, Brian, it, it, it's an outrage that we're even having to discuss it. That we're even having to do a discharge petition. Uh, because this is about babies that survive abortions. They're outside the womb, but they're alive. They're fully alive. And um, this bill would require that medical professionals provide them with the same care they would any baby that's born that's outside the womb. There shouldn't be any distinction because we're not really talking about abortion here. We're talking about infanticide. Because this is a live human being outside the womb that's gonna die unless it gets some kind of attention from medical professionals, like like any infant would. Um and so we're not asking a lot, uh, but but it, it is it is frustrating and infuriating that we're even having to talk about this, uh, much less have to fight for it. Uh but but this this is an indication of where we are. Up here in Washington, where we are with the Democrat, uh, majority, uh, they're, they're going to extremes. And, uh, um, the people of, of the United States, people of Texas in particular, need to know just how radical the Democrat party in Washington has become. You know, we've, well, we've gone
2: to different Democrat offices already. And one thing I've even mentioned is that this is, <laughs> And this is kind of like the minimum to ask, really, because um'm like you said, we're not talking about abortion we just we're just talking about having giving providing medical care to a bo- to a baby that's already born right That's all we're asking really and I, I can't believe that that I'm even having to come up here to advocate for this. This should be four hundred and thirty five you know
4: signatures on here, or it should have already been to a vote well, you know that it's again it's an indication of how radical. Uh, they have become, and particularly on the, the issue of, of life, um, you know, it, it, it's very difficult for a pro-life Democrat to even get elected these days. But again, this is different. This is in a category by itself because we're talking about killing a baby that is already born uh, by refusing to give it uh, medical attention. And, uh, it is, it is just an outrage that we're even having to discuss it. But it, it's an indication of the times we're in. Um, and, but we're going to continue to fight this. Uh, it is unconscionable the, the fact that more Democrats have not signed this petition. Because what this petition does is it forces a vote on the floor because so far the Democratic leadership will not allow the bill to come to the floor for a vote. Um this will force it to come to the floor for a vote. And and I believe that or at least I I'm hopeful that enough Democrats would join us in voting for the bill if we can get it to the floor. And that would ensure that babies that survive abortions and are alive outside the womb would get the care they need.
2: Now we also would know you're part of uh um... Other committees, so as far as our foreign affairs and um, education and labor, so um, I guess I guess let us
4: know what's going on with, in those committees. Well, the education and labor committee—that that's a real meat and potatoes committee uh, in the Congress because that committee affects almost every family in America one way or the other, either from an educational standpoint or a workforce standpoint. And most of the work that's been done on the committee so far we're still early in the congress uh but most of the work so far has been on the workforce side of things on the labor side of things uh we've had hearings on on pensions we've had hearings on uh pay equity uh hearings on uh, the minimum wage things like that uh we've only had a couple of hearings on education related issues uh on foreign affairs um that's been a, an extremely interesting committee because uh of all of the hot spots in the world that can affect uh you know the people here in the United States uh whether it's Syrian Syria um, Venezuela Russia China all of that uh and those issues uh come before our committee so that's been very interesting and and the thing about both of these committees is is they're committees that have a history of working on a, in a bipartisan fashion uh, particularly in foreign affairs you know partisanship should end at the water's edge and um, i believe you'll you'll see some bipartisan work come out of that committee that's also true of education and labor but so far it's been very partisan uh, it's like they're going down a list checking a checking boxes uh, to to um, satisfy their base but uh, i'm hopeful that even on that committee we'll produce some bipartisan uh which is over. So, just want
2: to say we are very proud that you're here, and you know we we
4: definitely were, was very supportive in your campaign, and just um, just keep up the great work. I will, and thank you again for your support. We're working hard, and we're going to keep working hard for the people of the Sixth District of Texas. This is Dana Lash, and you're listening to Trend Chat.
2: And thanks to Congressman Wright for joining us And So we're here at the end And just Just thinking about the fact that As I mentioned in the interview It just I can't believe that Had to Come up to Washington To To lobby To advocate or whatever words you want to use to try to get health care for babies who are already born. (laughs) Like this is not even, this wasn't even about abortion. The abortion failed or it, it, you know, that's, that's past. The baby is born. And are people who are, who call themselves pro choice or whatever, are they so hell bent? on making sure that abortion is it's carried out that they're willing to kill the child even after the abortion failed and they're, and they turn out to be born alive. They're like, no, we still, no, they're so bent on making sure that that baby dies, that they're willing to let the baby die after they're out of the womb. They made it. They got out. But nope. That nope. There are people that wanted that baby dead and they were going to make sure that that is what happens. And that is just, you know, the whole time I was up there it was I was fine, but it was funny. I mean, not in a ha ha way, but just on the way back, it just kind of hit me. Like this is it it was really sad the fact that um of having to come up there to ask for just that minor thing that like I said before in the interview this is like the minimum to ask and the fact that this is like pulling teeth they have to twist your arm to even consider this <sighs> so but in anyway we're at the end and I appreciate everyone listening. Like I said, like, share, subscribe, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, cross the board. If you love it, if you like this, yeah, share it as much as possible. We're still out here trying to grow, and we'll be back next week. And don't know who we'll have on, but we'll definitely make that known sometime next week. So until next week, we'll chat with you later.
1: Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jan's Sport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now me or the girls. Select Styles, 15% offer ends August 15. Levi's coupons do not apply, some decisions apply. See store kohl's account for details.